Hey everybody, this is Theophilus from TZ Coaching and you're listening to the Noble Father Podcast. Whether you're a dad that stays at home, works from home, or away from home, our roles are essential. To a son, it's an illustration of how life as a man is done, and to a daughter, an example of the type of man to look for in the future. But in either case, a noble father stands firm for what he believes, leads with his actions, and embodies a healthy balance of body, mind, and spirit. He pushes himself hardest and commands his time respectfully because he knows how precious the present is. Join me as we discover what it means to live as a noble father. Hello again for another episode of the Noble Father podcast. Uh, So, you know, this episode is going to be talking about, um, you know, this not really the second half of the book. Um, Turns out, the episode I did last week, uh, you know, I was actually like 95% done of, uh, with the, uh, the drive, uh, book, book called drive by Daniel H. Pink. And, uh, one of the things that he actually talks about before he closes off the book is, um, before he goes into like the tool tips and all this stuff, like the actionable items, he talks about flow state and, you know, these podcasts are really just a, um, it's a, an, an experiment, I guess you could say, where I am living my life and whatever I feel that is being impressed on my heart and things that are coming up in my daily life uh, that I want to talk about um, really goes into these episodes. And so, you know, what better way than to demonstrate flow state um, than through just turning on my recording app and just hitting the record button. And so there is no script. There's no nothing, uh, you know, put in, I have put in thought, you know, to, um, this episode. Uh, the interesting thing about it is whenever I go to sleep at night, sometimes whenever my brain is in the theta brain waves. And so, you know, good way to understand brain, the brain. Okay. I need to slow down. Theta brain waves is you ever find yourself whenever you are lying down to go to bed and your mind is coming up with all these fascinating like awesome ideas right this is like super interesting ideas right your mind just goes to like the weirdest places that's called brain thane wave theta brain waves excuse me i can't talk today um let me describe to you what happened this morning. This morning, uh, it, it, a friend of mine, Alex, called me, you know, messaged me the night before. He was just like, hey, we should go do workout again. This would be the third day in a row. I am not like Alex. Alex is a person that works out every single day, sometimes multiple times a day. That's why if you visit my Instagram, you'll see my story sometimes. He's a really jacked dude. He's He's big. And I try my best to keep up. And today is my third day in a row. This is not anything normal. Um, And so I am sore all over. um, And maybe that's why my mouth is giving me all these difficult, uh, you know, I can't even pronounce things properly. Anyways, where was I? I was talking about flow state. Yeah, so flow state. What is flow state? Actually, I don't even really know how to describe flow state. I love the fact that I can look up Google and find out what it is. So flow in psychology, more positive psychology, um, is known as is known colloquially as being in the zone. 
the mental state in which a person performing some activity is fully immersed in a feeling or energized focus, full involvement and enjoyment in the process of the activity. So, you know, this is kind of that extension of what I was talking about last week, right, is about, you know, if we are type I intrinsically motivated that the the joy of doing the activity itself is its own reward. And so, and I remember looking up flow, um, and they're talking about, you know, like rock climbers, uh, you know, like, uh, any kind of athlete, right? Really like the joy of playing the game is its own fun. And usually those people that are most successful in it find the most joy are the ones that enjoy the activity. Uh, somebody in a podcast once, I, I, I remember him saying, you know, uh, you know, if you if you had a, 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 a race with somebody who enjoyed walking and somebody who wanted to, you know, get to the destination for a reward, the person with the enjoyment of walking is going to do it so much better and it's going to outlast somebody who is seeking it only for a reward. Now, flow state, I'm going to demonstrate through this episode. What I want to talk about today, the two topics I want to talk about is identity and flow state. Flow state, I'm not going to really talk about much because I'm demonstrating it now, is to really just wing it and just be in the moment, in my mind, breathing through the exercise and just giving every, brain dumping everything that is in my mind of my week. Uh, out to you guys um, and that will be the extent of the episode now when you're talking about flow state right the activity does matter so I guess in this episode when I'm talking about the topic the topic definitely matters and the topic that I really want to talk about and that I can talk about for hours on end is identity interestingly enough my uh, you know, because I do go to church and the sermons the past two weeks have been talking about identity and it's just so beautiful. It's such a beautiful topic because, you know, you don't have to be a, a churchgoer to have identity issues. And let's just talk about this, right? Think about it. And so um, in life, right, let's just even, um, you know, say, you know, and I can use myself as an example. Uh, and And this is, this is something that I grew up with. Um, identity was a huge thing for me. Um, and I'm not sure if I've mentioned it in previous episodes. I've gotten to the point where I don't remember what I've said in other episodes. And so if I'm repeating myself, I'm reiterating things. Um, so, yeah, growing up, you know, I was a pastor's kid. I was a minister's kid, missionary's kid, whatever you want to call it. In short terms, in, in, in our circle, we say PK or an MK. And as a PK, you know, there's a lot of uh, what people uh, deem as ideal for you or a certain standard that you should adhere to. And I guess, you know, they feel that us as pastors, kids, that we should act holier than thou, you know, and, you know, be perfect little children, godly, pious little children, you know, folded hands, dressed nicely, head combed, hair combed nicely and, you know, and, and not, you know, being naughty or whatnot, we were definitely not okay with that kind of projection. Um, my brother and I were some of the 
most naughtiest kids in church. Uh, we we had three friends. Um, you know, when we came back from Venezuela, we had three friends. It was a group, you know, just the five of us, me, my brother, and the three friends. We were wrecking havoc in church. Um, it, it was everything. We, <laughs> I want to share these stories with you. Um, so let's just use one story. <laughs> just give one story. Uh, so one time there was a, you know, we were in a, in a Sunday school classroom and there's these box of pencils, wooden pencils. And, ah, oh goodness, I probably was like 13, 14, maybe 15 years of age. And these pencils just looked very inviting, not to consume, obviously, but to break with my forehead. And so I took them, there's probably like 60 pencils in there, broke them all with my forehead, laughing the entire time. And, uh, you know, the one of the parents, Sunday school teachers, whatever, you know, saw the box of broken pencils and, you know, we were in the vicinity, so they asked us who had broken it. And, uh, yeah, you know, I lied straight through my teeth at church um that i that i didn't do it obviously i'm sure they realized that it was us they knew right away they could smell the bs on our breath and uh so you know there was other things like me and my brother one time fought a kid in sunday school it, it, long story um i was a bad kid let's just say and you know that identity piece of people trying to project on me what they thought was ideal for me made me really push back and i mean like relate that to your own life right growing up if you had any kind of that like projection of parents saying that you should be like this or you should be like that and you know taking away that exploration of what our identity is um you know you would push back why wouldn't you push back um or 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 sometimes it's not even push back it's like they say or somebody has said something about you and you adhere to it you know wholeheartedly and you just you know, go, go full blown into it. For me, it was, and my brother, it was kind of a pushback. You know, we were like, oh yeah, you want us to be perfect? Watch what I can do. And then, you know, ended up doing you know, a lot of terrible things. Um, you know, and, you know, religion, you know, institutionalized religion is one of those things that uh, can rub people the, the wrong way. So if there's anybody that understands that is definitely me. Absolutely. Me and my brother totally get it. You know, my, my dad was a pastor and, you know, in his position, it's, uh, it's not an easy job and it can get really political at churches and in a Chinese church, especially man, culturally like really, really political. And so, you know, my dad actually broke off and branched out and, uh, took a few members that agreed with kind of the things that didn't agree with the things that were going on at the church and, you know, the church deemed them renegade, whatever, um, and you know, when you're young and a kid, it's, you, you stick around for friends and that's definitely what I did. I stuck around for friends. I didn't stick around for God. I didn't stick around for, you know, the, the spiritual maturity. I was lacking a ton of that. Right. Um, and, and over time it was just like, why the heck am I even here? I turned 18. I remember and like could make my own decisions. I could drive. You know, I could go see my friends whenever. Why did I have to do it at church? And so just bounced. You know, me and my brother just left and we got involved with the wrong people and started doing our own thing. And, um, you know, 
And, you know, as I'm telling you this, this is the story of the prodigal son. And if you don't know what the prodigal son story is, you know, you can Google it and you can read it. It's a, it's a beautiful story in the Bible where, um, you know, it doesn't start out beautiful, obviously, right? Um, you know, just the son who asks his father that I want my inheritance now. And essentially what he was saying to his father was like, I wish you were dead. I want you to give me my money and everything that belongs to me from your legacy, everything you worked hard for, and let me hit the road and figure it out. Like I'm, I want to go be a man now. And so essentially what this, this, this prodigal son does is he just takes his inheritance and goes and he blows it all, you know, prostitutes and drugs or whatever, you know, drinking or Obviously, in the Bible, there probably wasn't any drugs, but I'm, you know, I'm saying like he, you know, squandered it all. He lived his quote unquote best life and uh, messed it all up, lost it all, squandered it and was pretty much, um, you know, at the lowest of low, you know, eating, eating out of pods with pigs, you know, and not, uh, you know, just not realizing that his life was now in the dumpsters and you know in that moment of you know sharing food with pigs realizing that his father's servants eat way better than these pigs and so he comes up with this idea of you know asking his dad for forgiveness and giving his life to servanthood to his father and you know, he'd had enough. This is his rock bottom and he wanted to, you know, he wanted something better. And so, you know, he makes his journey home and uh, so beautiful as, you know, a noble father, like what would a noble father do? Um, Father's sitting there waiting, you know, for him to come over that hill and sees him on the horizon and gets up and he runs out there and he hugs his son and embraces him you can just imagine what the prodigal son is going through right what's going through his mind is like dad i'm so sorry i you know i am the lowest of low right i get on my knees and probably beg for forgiveness and what does the what's the father's reaction right like a, a worldly reaction would be like you dumb kid like you know and just like ridicule him or you know make him feel bad or say ah, i told you right um but the father's reaction was not like that the father welcomed him back, open arms, uh, open embrace, and took off his cloak, put it over his son, and gave him the signet ring, which is a representation of the authority in the household, is that you you have veto power in the family still, and put it on him, and also called the servants to kill the fattened calf, um, because we're celebrating, you know, the son coming home. Um, and it's just such a beautiful story. Um, and, you know, the, the, the reason I talk about that story and my own story is because it ties back to this identity piece is that how many of us attach something that's happened to us or a decision we've made, um, a mistake that we've made or crimes that we've committed as our identity or even society tries to make it about what we did pre in a previous life a previous marriage or um, having a kid out of wedlock or you know like all these things about our identity uh, in reality has nothing to do with our being you know that signet ring being put on our hands 
that is that is who that prodigal son is. He is part of the family. That is his identity. It's not something that can be taken away because of actions that he had taken. And, and so that's the thing about identity. Whenever I and actually interesting is it, you know it's what I what I lead people through in my in my methodology of coaching identity is number one step number one is identity and I ask people to go to the source what is the source well that that's God that's our creator he had our identity in mind before we were even created and so I ask them to get rid of everything. We we do it. We do a complete audit of everything. We get into that space, and we write down everything that we say about ourselves that God never said about us, because that's where we that's where we mess up, right? Is that if we adhere to something like that, somebody had called us at one point maybe a a loser or you know you're 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 pathetic. You know how easy it is for us as a kid to think that we're pathetic throughout life. And just imagine the results that we see. Interestingly enough, you know, whenever I was a kid in, 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 in English, in, in, there was one year in, in uh, high school, I believe I was grade nine, and I'd spend time writing a, uh, a poem uh, that I, you know, it's English, right? It's creative work. It's like your own, it's like, it's like your opinion. You can't be wrong. It's, it, it's what you created. And so I wrote a poem and I still remember the name of it and um, it was called Lover's Bend and I called it Lo Lover's Bend because it was like it was a place it was like a special place for lovers to just be and you know be in each other's space you know and um, you know I called it Lover's Bend I don't remember what the poem how the poem went or whatever but I just remember my English teacher giving me you know my grade back and also some remarks about my my poem and you know I wore that for a long time you know it was very critical feedback it was like what what is a lover's bend like why would you call it a lover's bend uh, you know some kind of remark like that and it just like when I think about it it's like man like bro it's grade nine like take it easy like this isn't now looking back on it obviously it's like take it easy like this is my own creation. You could, you, you, this one interpretation, right? You could, you don't agree with what I called it, fine. But like, no reason for you to put somebody down because you wouldn't call it that yourself. Anyways, I probably wore that for a long time thinking that, you know, I'm not creative or I'm not great or, you know, whatever. Um, you know, it didn't help with like the dishwashing thing, right? The dish drying rack Thing that I tell you about where my, my mom you know would not celebrate me putting you know the dishes properly like it's exactly like that where it's like I don't um, you know holding on to that holding on to those that critical feedback can really affect the results that I saw and identity is one of those things that it can't be changed you it, it is who you are being an Asian is something that I am I cannot you know, take that away. You know, what does the world think of Asians, right? Great at more well, Chinese. Let's just be more specific. Chinese, right? It's like, oh, they're great at math. They probably suck at driving. Uh, you know, they use, they only know how to use chopsticks or, you know, whatever it is, those, those ideals, those, th those are, those are projections of what people think Asians are or, or Chinese people are. And, 
And, and that's the thing about identity is that it's something that's a non-negotiable. Being a Chinese is non-negotiable for me. It's an, it's an identity piece. I cannot get rid of that. Being a Christian is an identity piece for me. I cannot get, and I will never get rid of that. Being a father is an identity piece and I will never let go of that either. Being an entrepreneur is something that I'll never let go. Like I have that creativity. I have the, I have, well, even just the name, Noble. Man, when I, when I did my own identity exchange exercise and I asked God what he said about me after I had gotten rid of everything that did not belong, whether it was myself, whether it was other people, um, whether it was society, when he told me that I was noble, I, 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 I broke. I was like, God, you see me as noble. Um, and actually, let me uh, dig up, dig up my notes on that because I have it all right here, of what I, what he said I was. Uh, noble is defined as having or showing fine personal qualities, or moral, high moral principles and ideals. And, and and to me, that was like, God, after everything that I had done, I pushed you away and I took the prodigal son journey and I squandered it all doing all these things that, that a noble person wouldn't. You still call me noble? Like what, how do I, I can't reconcile that. How can I still be noble after all of that? And that's the thing is that it's like the cloak and the signet ring is that it belongs to me. It'll still belong to me. It was in my being before I was even created. Um, and this is so cool because this past week, um, and I'll be honest, is that there was a there was a point that I was getting very, very discouraged and I was I was feeling very helpless um, because, you know, I, I run a business and um, you know, this podcast is part of it. The, you know, father's group is a part of it. Um, everything that I'm doing is kind of this entrepreneurial project. I guess you can say that I'm, that I am, that I am embarked on uh, this path that I'm, I'm on and, you know, in getting discouraged and uh, let me tell you what that looks like for me. You know, I, I, you know, keep to myself. I don't verbalize a lot of things. I don't share with my wife what's going on and, I just start to kind of self-deprecate. I kind of go into my own little circle, a little shell, and I, um, you know, get distracted. Shiny objects suddenly come into, into view, and it becomes inviting to look at jobs that have a good-paying salary that provide good stability, and try to like control my own destiny in those moments, you know, and. It was hard, um, and it's been hard. And, and, and you know, in, in, the, in the lowest point, in the lowest point of that, my pastor reached out to me, and he was like, hey, like, let's have, um, let's get together. Let's catch up. You know, I'd love to hear what you got going on. And uh, so we met up, and that was on Monday. Well, no, that was on, sorry, no, that was, that was not on Monday. That was on Thursday. That was on Thursday. And it was just exactly what I needed, like, he, it wasn't really just catch up. It was just him just wanting to encourage me and just tell me how much he appreciates Noble Father and the podcast and the groups. And 
and stuff like that. And it was, it was just so, it was so amazing to be met right where I was um, in my low state. And he actually gave me um, a verse. Um, and it was just so beautiful to, to, to read. And I'm going to pull it up right now. It's Isaiah 32, 8. Um, and it's just, it's got three of my favorite words now in there. Um, and you're going to see as I talk about it why it's such a big deal because it's literally the name of of this podcast um, so isaiah 32 8 says but the noble man makes noble plans and by noble deeds he stands but the noble man makes noble plans and by noble deeds he stands and th- and that just sit so so well so right right because this this whole idea with noble fathers i'm doing it i'm enjoying the process i am enjoying the journey starting the groups starting the podcasts doing the meetups like it's all part of this it's part of that noble noble deeds that I stand on. This is what I stand on. And and I've always wondered why I work with why do I work with fathers? Why do I feel so strongly about fathers? That was put into me a long time ago. And if one of you call this the story of me growing up like wanting to be a bat wanting to be Batman and wanting to be a police officer, the one dream that superseded that was wanting to be a present father. And I never knew that Wanting to be a father was going to equate to more than just me being a father, but wanting to help others be better fathers um, and support them in their their journey. And that's the thing about about coaching that I learned uh, that I realized was like you got to be able to you got to swallow your own medicine. You got to walk the walk before you talk the talk and definitely before you tell people how to be better fathers. And so that has required me to stick it through. And, and, and this probably also explains to me why I was not in peace whenever I looked at jobs or whenever I looked at salaries. Like I would never feel like that was what was for me. And that was the encouragement my pastor gave to me and Pastor Dwayne. Um, and I want to give him a shout out right now because hopefully he listens to this and and here's how grateful I am for that moment because it was exactly what I needed to hear. It, I am called to do this, and I'm taking action on this. And you know, when I when I look at the the whole journey, this is episode 19, 19 or eighteen. I think it's nineteen. And just that, how how many is that? Nineteen divided by four. That's only like four or five months of of this. And if I were to think about it from you know, oh, oh man, as I'm as I'm going along, I just unravel more information. So forgive me for cutting that um, cutting that thought short. One of the things that uh, Dwayne also said was, you know, about his age. He was turning fifty six. I'm sorry for saying your age, uh, Dwayne. Uh, he said that he's you know fifty six, turning fifty six, and you know he was looking back at the past you know, the last 15 years or the last 30 years and just how much has happened, how much, how far he's come and the 
the amazing amount of growth that he's had, the um, amount of blessings that God has given him in, in so many, in various forms. Um, and just a little bit of context um, into into Dwayne and his and his family is that he had a he has a son named Jesse, a wonderful friend of mine who uh, had cancer and uh, cancer in the in the brain, uh, I believe, and um, or a brain tumor. Uh, sorry, I might be not being not, I might not have my information right here. Um, but anyways, it, it really affected um, their family. Uh, you know, I, I can't imagine if my son had some kind of mental illness, like some kind of me- like mental, you know, health thing like that, um, that could have lost. Anyways, we could have lost Jesse. Anyway, they could have lost Jesse. And, you know, it was a really difficult time for them. But, you know, God came through and uh, Jesse is still with us today. He's alive and strong. And he's, man, he is a man of God. He is a warrior. And, you know, so Dwayne's overcome so much and has come so, so far. And so when we think about the future and what does the future hold, you know, we think we can be optimistic that God is that God was going to be there for us with through these difficult trials, and that's one of the things he shared in his in his uh, sermon actually just yesterday too. Is like, man, like we look at the future coming and we think of man, like I and actually I had this thought before too. Is this, this fear of the future of what the world is going to look like uh, for my kids? Uh, you know, like. They're saying that water one day is not going to be drinkable. Doesn't matter, you know, where it comes from. It's just there's chemicals that we can't reverse. You know, all these things that are like that makes you very pessimistic about the future, right? Our kids are going to have to face wars and famines and you know, climate change, right? Disasters that are going to happen. The interesting thing is, you know, Dwayne shared in the sermon was that you know his parents probably were scared for their future whenever they were when they were younger thinking about Dwayne's life growing up and then thinking about their grandkids life growing up like every step along the way there's always going to be some kind of concern or fear and yet God meets us wherever we're going to be and and that's just so encouraging and so so remarkable to have that reassurance right Right now, in our society, we're staring down a recession, right? We have all this, you know, Trump getting an FBI raid and, like, (coughs) excuse me, it's like LGBT stuff that's going on and, like, there's just so much stuff. It just keeps coming and it's, like, if you don't have that, that assurance, like, I I don't know where you get it from. I'm not sure where how you even get by um and 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 that's the thing is that god cares for you it doesn't matter that you don't know him um he still loves you all the same the bible says even the birds of the sky he he feeds and you know how much more to us you know and we've pushed him away right we've pushed him away and and whenever you do that we we fall away and you know the interesting thing is if you look at the israelites wandering the desert and they see time and again 
God's hand delivering them, crossing the Red Sea and delivering them from Pharaoh and his vast Egyptian army, going back into the old ways, thinking that they could control it. This is exactly the same as my business, right? Thinking that I can control it, go and find a job, get a salary, something like that, and not being focused on the task at hand or, or not trusting that God is going to deliver me through this. And time and again, those Israelites would just make an idol and worship it because they wanted to control it. They, they thought they could control their destiny. In reality, God had a land, you know, God had a place for them flowing with milk and honey. That was his promise. And because they were disobedient, man, they wandered. And, and generations did not get to see the land. They did not get to see the fruit of what God had promised them. You just imagine wandering the desert for, for such a long time, generations and generations. And, you know, all these people just slowly dying. And, and you know, eventually they did make it. God eventually, you know, allowed them, you know, I believe they all, that, that that old generation all had to pass before, you know, God finally took them there. You know, there are repercussions for us pushing God away, and you might not believe that, but I strongly feel that, and I, that's not a, that's not a scenario I'd like to play out in my own life, and by no means am I saying you need to believe what I believe. I, I, that's the last thing I want with these episodes. I want you to form your own judgments. This is your own walk. There's nothing. This is, I'm just speaking from the heart. I do feel like I'm still in flow, just pouring out everything that's been on my heart. And if it speaks to you a certain way, then it speaks to you a certain way. And if it rubs you the wrong way, well, I can't, uh, I can't change that. That's really on you. Um, but this piece about identity is, it's, it's a big thing, right? The Israelites are God's people, and he, nothing could take that away. There's, there's nothing could take that away. And, and God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and into the future. And, and so, you know, identity is a big piece. I really think that if you don't have, if you're not firm in your identity, you really need to look into that. You know, what are some things that you say about yourself? Even with the, you know, the dish drying scenario, right? It's like I not wouldn't celebrate myself. You know, I would say, think, what would I say about myself in that in that situation? Well, that I can't amount to much, and that I am not good at anything, and that I can never get anything right. And so, you know, that has come through in in certain things. Like I won't launch certain things things that I've been working on. Uh, for fear that others won't accept it there will be times where I write a post and when I read it you know I get into my head about it and then I don't post it or I record a video of myself and wanting to you know do a reel and you know I feel good about it in the moment but then as I sit on it you know doubt creeps in and then you know I don't I can't tell you how many pieces of of work I've thrown into the garbage because I you know wasn't you know, firm in my identity, you know, obviously these are things of the past, you know, sometimes I do, it does creep up now and again, um, but getting your identity is the, is the number one thing, we need to understand who we are, how we were created, what, what are the unique attributes that we have, you would admit that to me, 
you would admit that you are different from your next door neighbor, Bob, or John next door. You are different. You are unique. You'll look at your children. You'll know that they have unique personalities, unique characteristic traits, strengths that are different. You could admit that. You would know that. So identity is a big piece. Each person has their own identity. And it's unique. It's like a fingerprint. If we were formed by, you know, if you think that we're formed by two rocks slamming into each other and by chance we landed in the right spot, the heavens and i mean that, that that we're in the right spot in between the, the 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 sun right if you think if you if you do your research you'll realize that if we move too far from the sun we're going to get too cold and we get too close we're going to burn astronomically that number is ridiculous the chances of that happening is ridiculous so you're special everybody's special there's going to be nobody in the world in history that is like you nor is there anybody in the future that's going to be like you your upbringing the experiences you had the strengths you have the traits that you have the desires and the passions that you have inside you those are all unique and those are all things that we must discover and uncover because they're gifts for us to give away to other people there's going to be certain people that i can speak to that you won't be able to speak to but then there's going to be people that you can speak to that i can't speak to so there's, 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 there's a reason why this is the way it is. And I think and I believe that it's because for the betterment of the world, we each have to contribute what's the best about ourselves. We have gifts to give away. That is the purpose of life. I think that is the purpose of life is to discover and uncover the best parts of ourselves and give it away. So, I mean, I hope that's been a good demonstration of flow i've gone 37 minutes talking about identity identity is a big piece do not overlook it and just look at your children right we, we we grow up being told no not to do this not to do that and suddenly our you know limits a range of possibilities is lessened because we've been told no 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 so many times whereas we should be expanding the horizon so for our kids is to enable them to experience the world, but also guiding them, right? Because we're not going to let them walk, you know, straight into a trap, right? Walk into something that's going to be potentially dangerous for them. We need to watch over them and we need to guide them, right? And that's why I'm not okay with some of this stuff happening in media, right? Where they're impressing on these issues, these these LGBT suggestions that are just not, our kids are not ready for stuff like that. And I'm sorry if that rubs you the wrong way, but this is what I strongly believe. You can disagree all you want. But I think that we need to guide our children. We need to show them what is noble. We need to, we need to show them how to make noble plans and, by, and what noble deeds by which they will stand. And the only way we can do that is by the example that we live in our own lives. We can't do it just by telling them. We can't say certain things. And expect them to just follow. When was the last time somebody told you something and you actually followed through on it? You like it whenever your wife gives you directions. You know, when you're driving. Right? There's a reason we don't like that. It's human psychology. We're built like this. This is our... This was how we were created. I'm not saying that asking for directions is bad. I'm not saying that it's a sign of weakness that you ask for directions. But just there's there's a bit of psychology in there to 
consider. Anyways, one of the things about being in flow, and I think we're learning, is that if we just keep going on, we're just going to jabber, jabber, and eventually we're going to fall off the topic. And so for this topic, uh, for this episode, I really feel like I've encapsulated everything that I wanted to share through my week. I'm going to do a little bit of an audit in my mind right now as I continue of anything that I didn't speak about that I wanted to share. I guess the only thing that I wanted to give you is just an encouragement, right? Is that we are not guaranteed tomorrow. And recently I've been doing a lot of thinking about that, even as I was, you know, chewing on some of the fears of this world, is that uh, the other day we went out to go uh, with some friends to go check out a, a sunset. And as the beautiful sunset was going down, I just couldn't help but feel like or get the thought that this could be the last sunset that I ever see. You know? And every prayer before I go to sleep could be the last prayer I have before I'm taken away. And so every sunrise could be your last. Every sunset could be your last. And so if there's words that you want to say to your children or to your loved ones, don't wait. Don't wait. And if you think that you just keep putting off this job change that isn't serving you and your family because you have time later, you might not have time later. I feel so strongly about that. So you won't get another chance. You may, you might not get another chance. And so if you're able to right now to make the changes, even though you're facing down fear, you know, facing down uncertainties, yeah, you got bills to pay. You got all these things to pay. But what is it also costing you? If it's costing you time with your family, it's not worth it. And I, I, and I would know I, I, I vacated positions and things that I knew was not right. This was not the lifestyle that I wanted for myself and for my family. And I had to make the decision. And I would always choose my family first. And so I want you to trust that. If you want support in making something like that, some kind of decision like that, and you need feedback, I, I, I've, I've found that God has really gifted me with the ability to provide feedback and to think creatively with people and to, to really draw out the things of the Spirit and the things inside each of us um, mentally and emotionally um, and just find the way forward. Um, and that's what I want to extend to you. If that is something that you're looking to do, uh, or if you have an entrepreneurial itch, man, I'd love to help you discover what it is that you could be doing um, because, you know, your dreams are important and your children need to see that. They need to see you struggle through that. They need to see you struggle through pursuing and, and, and learning and, and growing as a father because that'll show them how it's done. Anyways, I kind of went on a tangent there, didn't I? Um, I just want to say that I appreciate you guys. And if there's anybody that you know that would be blessed with this by this episode, please share it. Um, every little bit counts. And I do want to spread the word about this because there's a ton of fathers out there that need some kind of encouragement. They just need an additional perspective, another view on different things in life. And I'd love to be that voice for them. Um, also, right? Our father's meetups, man, they're going good. Uh, issued a cold water challenge, uh, or just a challenge that involves cold water. Um, and a few of the members have taken part 
and it's been an amazing experience. Um, and the other thing is we had a segment of dad jokes uh, for ice breaking. And so if this Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific time, 7 p.m. Eastern time, you are interested um, in coming out to our meetup, man, I'd love to have you. Please shoot me a message. Shoot me a friend request on Facebook. You can find me there. And I uh, would love to have you out. Um, it's such a beautiful space and some of the most um, raw and authentic places you can be. Um, it, it really does feel like church to me where there's just camaraderie and, and genuine affection and care for one another. And just it's just good to laugh sometimes too. just be in the space of other fathers who understand and just get it right. They just understand. You don't even need to say it. And we get it. And so I'd love to extend that to you if you are interested in that. Um, this has been about flow state and identity. So next week, we'll see what next week's episode is. I really don't know what it is, but, uh, I hope this episode finds you well. Um, I wish you guys all the best and have a great week and don't take it for granted. Live nobly guys. Take care. Please show your support for the Noble Father podcast by recommending the podcast to your family and friends. You can also subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and a review. And also, if you know a father who is interested in a regular meetup every week where they can show up authentically and share the best parts of themselves, some of the struggles they're going through, some of the wins that they have, and even some lessons to bless other fathers with, and um, also have them in our Facebook community, um, just a bunch of men who genuinely care about one another and just share space and hold it for one another. Thank you very much for listening to the Noble Father podcast. Until next time, bye for now.